Okay. Hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And uh, happy Easter, everybody. Uh, in fact, that's what this podcast today is going to be all about, is uh, the resurrection and what that's really all about, what that really, what that really means, you know? Uh, I mean, there's the obvious level that I think pretty much we all know about, you know, Christ died for our sins and all like that and resurrected, you know? Um, and of course, a lot of people use that as the, the fact that he resurrected, understandably, you know, a lot of people use that as the guideline for, uh, uh, proof, if you will, that he was the son of God. Uh, and that's, you know, that's all great. Personally, um, though, obviously, what really counts is his message, you know. Uh, uh, we know him really by his teachings, and his teachings are a full expression of who he is as a being, and he's the son of God. But uh, I think there's a whole other level to the resurrection. And to me, it, um, I don't know, and it adds meaning, let me put it that way. And, and that is that um, you see, at the depth of every individual's being is that divine spark, you know, that place where they are one with God. The kingdom of heaven dwells within, that sort of thing. But what happens is how how we manifest that, how we go about manifesting that. Um, there are kinds of obstacles along the way. One is, uh, uh, you know, from the depth of our soul, that deepest level of our being, it, it feels like we're right. It feels like we're well-intended. It feels like, um, the things we do, it's almost like, well, it's coming from my divinity. But the thing is, we have our issues, and then other people have issues with us. And it creates obstacles. It starts um, creating a spin. It starts creating confusion. Uh, it starts creating anger. And then um, uh, and that, that speaks to this notion in uh, psychology of the idea of our deepest wound. You know, and we all have a deepest wound. And uh, that wound usually is expressed not in terms of, um, it's kind of usually expressed in terms of, you know, what has been done to us. It's kind of becomes a blaming thing. Now we may say, oh, well, no, I don't blame. I'm responsible for everything that I created and blah, blah. But emotionally, psychologically, it becomes kind of, kind of like a blame game, you know? And, uh, I think it's good for everybody, and it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's not something you do in an afternoon or necessarily even within a year or two. But to really, the deeper, more fully we get in touch with um, the dynamic within ourselves that blames and how that affects our relationship with the world, uh, the better off we are, you know? Uh, we start, I like to say that the light of awareness heals, you know? So, so... Uh, I mean, you can look at it different ways. Uh, just 
there are so many examples, you know, and it's best to take us even to the personal level. What is the, ex the example from your own life? Uh, your friends, your loved ones, uh, what, what is the dance they do around the blame game, you know? Uh, people might even say that, well, like, look at Putin. You, some could say that from, from, from his own inner intention, it may be that he wants to reunify the Soviet Union and all that is rightfully won. And, and then uh, he gets opposition. It's like people are poking him in the eye and it just makes him mad. He blames. And so then we have a mess, you know. But, but to get back to the resurrection, though, what is the resurrection really about? That is the idea that, see, the resurrection isn't just something that happened historically one time and it's over. I mean, that's, you can say that, and yeah, that's fine, that's true. But it also is a, a phenomenon in, in nature that we could say exists eternally within every one, within every point in creation, you see? And, and what that is, is that there's that divine spark that what in uh, the Vedic tradition they would call Chaitanya or uh, Bhavatitam, you know, or uh, of course in the Christian, it's Christ, the Christ, the Christ spirit, if you will. And that dwells deep within everything. It's the source of everything. It's God, that which birthed the whole creation. But then you see there's this, these obstructions that come along, these interferences, these blocks, these, Things where we that we might blame on others or blame ourselves, you know, it's a blame game, uh, and it creates a, a conflict that kind of shrouds uh, uh, the, the inner divinity. But the idea is that all that can be healed because the divine spark, the Christ Spirit that dwells within all of us, remains eternally untainted, and you know. Uh, in the Vedic, they'd call it enlightenment, you know, moksha, the final liberation, where you awaken to that and you live in accord with that. Uh, and there are different levels of that. Uh, I know in the, I probably mentioned this before, but in the mountains of the Himalayas, there's this one place called Jageshwaram, which is the 108 temples for the 108 different awakenings, you know, different levels of awakening, in other words. And then uh, a lot of times people have any one of those awakenings and they might think, you know, they're fully enlightened. Oh, I just awoken, you know. But uh, there's another temple in India called Mukteshwara, which is, you know, Mukti, Jiva Mukti. Uh, Mukteshwara is the ultimate awakening, the highest awakening. And now in the Christian, we have this notion of being born again. Well, that's an awakening, you know. Is it necessarily, though, now you're enlightened? Well, no, that's not what it means, but but you've awoken, you've um, resurrected in a sense. And, and the point is that, that because that divinity is there eternally, eternally present in the depth of our being, doesn't matter who you are, uh, um, that's still accessible. You have to be willing to go there. You have to commit yourself to going there. And, and over time, well, you can have a born again kind of awakening or different levels of awakening. Uh, there's this line out of the Veda, I forget what part it's out of, but it says, you know, whether pure or impure, whoever turns themselves to that inner divinity can find fulfillment, you know, can have the res resurrection happen, you know. 
And so that's really the inner meaning. And I think the one that's most, in a sense, well, let's not say most, let's say profoundly relevant to our daily lives, minute to minute, no matter what you're going through, no matter what um, blunders you've made in your life, no matter what blunders other people have made in their lives, no matter what that dynamic is, we can know that there is that divine spark and only we can really choose to open ourselves to it. Oh, people can act as catalysts. They can inspire us. They can help us along. But ultimately, it's our own decision. If we want to let go of the blame game, if if we blame others, we blame ourselves, what have you. And blame is a word we can play with, too. Um, You know, there are so many different forms of blaming comes in. Guilt could even be a blame game in a sense. Um, But that all gets deep and complicated. And I think it's beyond the scope of a podcast. It's enough to say, you know, what are your obstacles? How, How do you block that divine spark? And see, the funny thing is, it's even in the name of the divine spark. The idea is that Deep inside, I'm divine, but I've been hurt, and I can't even, I'm not even awake to my own divinity because I feel so guilty. Or others don't see my own divinity and they attack me and they criticize me, and I have done nothing wrong and my intention was good. You know, come a million different, or yeah, I goofed. Uh, uh, that's the idea of forgiveness, forgiving your sins. So what does that mean? It means awakening to and turning over to that divine spark. Uh, uh, and in that sense, it's it's a forgiveness. Does that mean the karma of the whole thing is instantly absolved? Not really. But nevertheless, you're moving in that direction. It's a resurrection, you see. Uh, uh, that's something, really, that you have to find from within. And 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 also, one thing that might help is that we get so identified with a perspective, the groups we, we are involved with, our subgroups, our friends, our culture, that we can get so caught up in uh, this notion of right or wrong, and oh, this is right, and this is what I've been taught, and that's wrong, or uh, good or bad, oh, I'm good, and that's bad, and this is good, and that is bad. Uh, and we can get really confused. And if you look out in the world today, I mean, there's so much going on like that and we could even take it to the level of politics if we wanted uh the border is it good or bad well you can argue it either way you know um you know to have border control well you know it's just an arbitrary line in the sand why do we keep people out could be, be argued that way the other is cultural integrity you know and uh anyway that's one example um uh controlling drugs well on the one level it's their body they have the right to do what they want you know On another level, these drugs are destroying the culture, you know. So anyway, we might do better instead of that because you can justify anything with the intellect. And people do. But maybe it becomes more accessible and more fruitful for us if we think in terms of maybe in terms of healthy versus unhealthy. Is that healthy or is it unhealthy? I know there was an interesting thing once. uh, I was with my teachers, this was in uh, uh, Europe, we were in Europe at that time, and uh, oh, somebody asked asked him about diet and what we should eat for our diet, and he really didn't want to get into it, at least in that moment, you know, and so he said, well, just eat what your mother would feed you, 
And the lady responded, well, my mother doesn't know, you know, she thinks we should eat. I think she used the example of bananas and green bananas are not good for you. You got to let them ripen up. And, you know, and so he responded by saying, well, then eat what your grandmother would say is good for you. And the lady wasn't satisfied with that. But to, to me, it was kind of a missing the point there because there's a beauty to his response in a more generalized sense doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's mother or grandmother knows what they're even doing. But what he was really referring to is that there's a certain cultural integrity. And, and we access that through tradition. We access that through uh, um, the, the moral fiber that does exist in every culture. No, and again, no culture is perfect. But nevertheless, there's this sense of healthy versus unhealthy. And that may help us to, 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 to navigate the waters. You know, is, is that behavior healthy or is it unhealthy? Is this thing I'm doing with my life, my life healthy or, or unhealthy? Is their worldview or their perspective healthy or is it unhealthy? And now we can see, again, you can justify anything with the intellect. So it's trickier than one might think to, to navigate those waters. But healthy versus unhealthy may help. In fact, it was Adi Shankar great sage, uh, many refer to him as in, an incarnation of Lord Shiva, you know, but uh, he, what did he say? He said, the, the spiritual path is a path of discernment. And discernment isn't so easy to do. See, it's not just an intellectual exercise. It's also a, it involves the heart. And what links the heart with the mind? The heart underlies, you see, understands stands under. So you have the heart and the intellect. And, and in between those two is reason, what seems reasonable. And when reason becomes even more refined, it becomes wisdom. And so accessing our wisdom is the gateway, you see, to um, the Christ, the gateway to the word for the Christ in the uh, Sanskrit is Chaitanya or Bhavatitam, you see. And so it's Really, it's a, it's a razor's edge. Like they say, the path, the spiritual path is a razor's edge. You can fall on either side. And one of the big ways we fall is emotional bias or intellectual identity with a perspective, you see? And so whatever happens in your life, isn't it exquisite to know that there's there that source of resurrection at every point in your life, at every stage of our life? And uh, not only then is it, you know, the resurrection, a symbol that Christ was, you know, an incarnation of divinity and all that. But it also is a reminder to us that no matter who you are, no matter what your life has been, uh, or your loved ones, no matter what their life has been, has to come from within them, but they can be resurrected. You see? Okay, anything, Scotty, to add to that? or No, I didn't want to interrupt. It was good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, have a happy Easter, and we will talk with you again next week.